1: Good morning. Welcome to Smart Companies Radio. I'm Kelly Scanlon, publisher of Thinking Bigger Business Media. And I know from talking to business owners over the years that one of the biggest challenges that they have, that we all have, is finding salespeople. And once you have somebody, keeping salespeople. And so here today to talk with us about that dilemma and to offer some solutions is Chris Cahill. He's chased new businesses and quota. He's been buried in mountains of data and managed sales reps day after day. He started running a cash register at the ripe old age of 11, and he was cold calling and managing adults at 17. He was also firing sales reps who were twice his age when he was only 26, and he's lived the sales manager role while being a counselor, coach, and shoulder to lean on for independent business owners just like you and me. He knows what owners go through, and he has many solutions for them. So welcome to the show today, Chris.
0: Thank you, Kelly. It's a pleasure
1: to be here. Especially when we have a topic like this. Like I've said, there are so many business owners that I've talked with over the last 25 years, and when you ask them, you know, what's going on in your business and how things going, inevitably the conversation turns around to sales and salespeople. It's like, oh, you know, if I could only find a really good salesperson, life would be so much better. Why is that so difficult? Why, Why is finding good salespeople such a challenge?
2: Well, for you know, for a couple of good reasons, it's a, it's an, it's an art and a science, right? And a lot of the business owners themselves uh, were pretty good salespeople in their own right.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, many of them carry that burden currently, right? So they're looking to to offload that to somebody else uh, to sort of share the pain. But it's also uh, an an incredibly emotional uh, hire. It's an incredibly emotional position to manage to fill. Uh, it carries a lot of uh pride with it but also a tremendous uh, burden in terms of the expectations and the the failures are very could be very very expensive
1: it's, it's mm-hmm. a
2: really unique position within a company
1: yeah it really is and i think if you approach it the same way you approach hiring any other employee you can get into some trouble there too
2: yeah absolutely it can be a, it can be a total disaster
1: Let's talk about the owner as the salesperson, because that's so true. Oftentimes uh, when a company gets started, whether the owner's ever sold before or not, they're put into the role of having to uh, get out there and, and get the product to market. So what would you say about, when is that moment when you should say, wait a minute, I need to bring somebody else in. It's time to hire somebody besides me to do this
2: yeah there there's a that that's a that's probably the biggest uh challenge that an owner's gonna face right it's not even uh it's not even who it's whether they should or not yes. and uh and you've been around owners as you know as long as i have and there's a bunch of reasons people do it the the very worst one the biggest mistake they can make is sort of and and you hear it there's almost like this, this moment of pride where they'll say like I'm now ready for a salesperson. It's like a, it's like a trophy. There's like some sort of. It's like the graduation as a small business. And uh, and if they're doing it just for their ego or or because they're sort of sick of the grind themselves, that's not even close to enough of a good reason. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. uh,
2: they they need to be doing it as part of a system, as part of a process, and say I I have this particular need. I don't have enough time in the day anymore to go to this to this territory or I want to add another product line that that I don't know about. I need some expertise. Uh, Hopefully a a better reason would be that there's so many leads coming in that I can't possibly do. uh, I can't can't possibly handle them all myself. That would be fantastic. Mm -hmm. Uh, But a few of the reasons people shouldn't hire is, again, that trophy one, uh, without having a plan at all, uh, a, a horrible scenario is when the the company is desperate or the owner is desperate. You know they can't grow. They just lost their biggest client, and they're sort of going to double down on on the business and hire a salesperson to sort of rescue them from the ashes. That is a that's an, an undue burden for most sales people mm-hmm. because if if the owner is struggling to sell and they have all the reasons in the world to succeed and get out of bed every morning and go die trying. The employee is not really going to be able to replicate that no matter what comp line you put in front of them.
1: Right. What about the reason that I've also heard from other business owners as well as some of the professionals who counsel them is that at some point, if the owner ever hopes to exit the business, that they can't have all the relationships? Is that another good reason to have a salesperson besides yourself?
2: That's a that's a great reason. However, there's there's a flip side of that, which is if you bring in your salesperson, you're almost always taking on the risk of creating your next competitor.
0: True, (laughs) yeah. Uh,
2: So so, uh, if if you're bringing, I mean, if you're if you're truly small business and you're thinking about succession planning and things like that, which is you know where that question would come from, you probably want to evaluate you know whether you bring in a, a, a seasoned business person. And provide some equity or something like that. So it's much more than a hire at that point. But uh, you know, just to have uh, you have your clients know more employees than you, I don't know that that's a great reason. Um, mm-hmm. You know, because the owner, the, the next owner, might want to step into those relationships rather than have to rely on a salesperson.
1: Sure. Okay. So let's talk about that time, that point in time when you think, okay, I, I really do need a salesperson for some of the various reasons that you already described. There's new territories, there's more leads than I can handle, and you, you mentioned several good reasons. What do you do next? You, you know that those are good reasons to hire somebody, but you don't know what to do next.
2: Yeah. <laughs> the, the first thing you're going to want to do is figure out whether you can afford one financially. You know, mm-hmm. do, do Does whatever they're selling provide enough gross profit to be able to put another layer in the in the structure there um, And so let's assume that you have that. then you need to figure out what role they're gonna play in the company, right Do you just give them the phone books or like the good old days like I started you give them the phone book and say go after it or do you carve out a specific territory a, a specific group of clients that you'd want to go after? and then i would i would pause and i would say okay so that's what this new person would do let's call him you know salesperson x right mm-hmm. that's what salesperson x is going to do well what's stopping me from doing that right <laughs> and if and if i'm if i can't get out of my own way but if i could maybe i need some other uh, less stressful hire to help free up some of my time true well let's assume that all everything else is all squared away and and there's just great opportunity and maybe it's one town over right so the, the first thing you have to do is really sit down at the, at the keyboard, uh, type out the job description, type out what those steps are going to be, what the skills they're going to have to have are. Um, most people will put pretty high on the list industry experience, and, mm-hmm. and part of that is they want to know that they get the business and all that. And I, sugge- I, have, I suggest to people that that's a big mistake, that I would be hiring for the intangibles like work ethic uh, ability to learn rather than what they know. So how, have they proven they can learn things? So I've I've hired people from competitors. I've hired people from within an industry. And once you sort of scratch the surface, their, their industry understanding isn't really that important. And, mm-hmm. and sometimes it can actually be detrimental because, you know, company A might do something completely different than company B. So, um, you know, knowing what they're going to do, knowing how you're going to pay them, plugging them into your system, even you know where are they going to sit, how are right. going to work, who, who are they going to report to, having everything lined up before you even contemplate bringing somebody on is, is really, really important.
1: Mm-hmm. One of the things that you said was very interesting, and I think a lot of people probably just don't even consider it is maybe it's not time to hire a salesperson. This is when it goes to what kind of role this person is going to play. It, it's what can I do to hire somebody to free up some of my time. So maybe you don't need a full-fledged salesperson. Maybe you just need somebody who can generate the leads for you to go out and close um, as opposed to doing the entire role of sales A to Z. You know, There might be a special um, slice of, of the process that they could help you with as opposed to being the full-fledged salesperson.
2: Uh, there, there's absolutely no question. In fact, I recommend that people, if, if new business development is going to be part of their role, which for most small businesses that's the primary role, uh, I suggest that you bring somebody on that's a quick learner, that's a good listener, that asks good questions, and start and start them off in sort of the lead generation process, mm-hmm. you know, at the beginning,
0: mm-hmm.
2: you don't – because, frankly, every small business owner, no one's going to trust them, that person to completely close a big deal on day one anyways. So just, you know, just ignore the fact that they're going to be some autonomous business development person. That's really not going to happen in most small businesses. But test out their lead generation skills. Test out their, you know, whether it's cold calling or networking or whatever and say, okay, get me – uh, you know, at one of the places that I managed, we had a, a scenario where a, a person would come in as an outside rep, but they'd actually start as, a, as an inside rep setting appointments. And they had to set 20 appointments for somebody else before they sort of gradually mm-hmm. made it to the training that was required to be an outside rep.
1: Yeah, exactly. So we're partway down the process. We have figured out, yes, it is time to hire a sales process. We've figured out the role they're going to play. We've written down the responsibilities. Um, now, another big thing that I hear from people who already actually have salespeople on staff, they, they're they still constantly trying to figure out a compensation plan. And I can only think that these poor salespeople that they have on staff are getting jerked here, there, and everywhere. You know, this month I'm getting paid this way, next month I'm getting paid that way. And I actually hear business owners talk like, well, you know, that wasn't working, so now we're going to do this uh, with the sales plan. And I... I just think, how, how did the salespeople even manage if they don't know how they're being paid from month to month? What, what are some of the tips you can give us for compensation?
2: Well, the, the number one tip in the compensation discussion is sales reps will do exactly what you pay them to do. So however you reward them, that is how they will function. Mm-hmm. And they are highly adept at figuring out the, the rules. However, they don't want them to change. Yes. So, uh, changing your comp plan very, very often. And and by very often, I would say every year would be a lot. Um, so more than a you know, more frequent than within a year, I think is far too much. Uh, but generally speaking, you want them to wake up with, with some hunger, but, but a little bit of safety in in the mix. So I believe that the days of a, a sort of all commission rep have gone away. Um, for the most part, in most businesses, mm-hmm. unless they unless they're unhireable for some other reason, you know. But the people that most small business owners are going to hire probably uh, are going to require some sort of a safety net. Uh, I actually recommend and sort of created this little hybrid system uh, that I really like, which is start them with. Let, let, you know, say you're interviewing them and they say, "I need uh, thirty thousand dollars to pay the bills."
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Well, maybe we start with a twenty thousand dollar base. And ten thousand dollars if you if they do the right things, which may not include actually selling anything. So uh, you know, and I call that an activity bonus. So Mm -hmm. the number of calls you make, the number of appointments you set, the number of proposals that you create, the number of emails you get in our in our uh, automated email system, give them a little a point system for that, and so that every day they know that hey, I did what I needed to do to get to that you know to my number. And then when they start selling stuff, that's that's even more exciting. Uh, so there, there's ways to do it, but changing comp plans uh, is, is, is just a disaster way to happen because, for one thing, you never really know the unintended consequences of it. Right. Uh, and just the change itself is often the, the sort of earthquake, so to speak, to the relationship.
1: Right. Now let's talk a little bit about, and uh, before we go to break here, let's talk a little bit about owners who have house accounts in other words they want to keep i I have run into these kinds of owners too they want to keep their sales staff in hunting mode and so once they close the account uh, they get a commission on it initially and then it becomes a house account and in order to continue to get more commissions they got to go out and get new accounts Uh, they can't just continue to um live or get commissions off of the account they just closed. What's your philosophy on that?
2: I couldn't agree more. Uh, the the organization that I uh, managed the most sales reps of my career, I had about 14 under my direct supervision. We had about half of the group, and it was a comp plan that was in place before I got there, and, and we didn't want to change it for the reasons I just said. And uh, about half of the sales force was pretty comfortable on January 1st, that December 31st would turn out okay.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And the other half were trying to build their book of business to get to that point. And it was extraordinarily frustrating to me to, to try to motivate the people that were comfortable because even though there was more money out there to make, they'd sort of, they've gotten used to the lifestyle that, that their mm-hmm. system had made. So you you really can't let someone get there. Once they're there, it's pretty hard to undo that uh, without without paying a whole bunch of incentive money. But you're absolutely right that you want to make sure that the win, the win is exciting, the short term financial goals are great, and that at most there's a minor benefit to, to them uh, to them sticking around as, mm-hmm. as part of the equation. If they're not even part of the relationship, you know if, if it's just transferred over to operations, uh, you know I question whether you pay them at all if they're really not part of the uh, part of the solution that you're providing.
1: Hmm. Okay. With that, we're going to take a quick break. When we get back, we're going to talk about uh, the actual hiring process itself. You're listening to Smart Companies Radio on Blog Talk Radio. We'll be right back with Chris Cahill.
0: Interested in growing your business?
1: Good morning, welcome back to Smart Companies Radio. I'm Kelly Scanlon, publisher of Thinking Bigger Business Media. We're visiting here this morning with Chris Cahill. He is an expert on sales. He's lived it, he's breathed it, he's he's been running a cash register since he was eleven years old and working with salespeople and managing them since he was seventeen. So he knows what it takes. And in the first half of the show, we were talking about whether or not it's really even time to hire a sales rep and some of the compensation plans that you can have and the process that you need to have in place. Before you ever even make an overture uh, to the outside world that you need to hire somebody, so now we're there, and we've answered all those questions. We've we've thoroughly thought through the process, and now it's time to let the world know that we want to hire a salesperson. What does that look like?
2: That has changed a lot in uh, in the last few years with the uh, with the internet, right? Because you Mm -hmm. can post jobs everywhere. You can. Uh, be flooded with applications, uh, it, it's getting more and more expensive even to post the jobs. I don't, yeah. I don't know when the last time you posted a job on, like, Monster or something, is, but that's expensive now.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And so if you don't know what you're doing, if you're overly broad, you end up being flooded with applicants who aren't qualified or, or really interested, but it's just really easy to click the apply button. So it can, can get out of hand really fast. And, you know, you, you look at it, and you, where do I even start? I have 100 people in my inbox. Uh, you know people write resumes in a way that maybe aren't aren't uh, the most informative or maybe even misleading so i have to sort through that but however you however you build your uh, your basket of applicants you know you have to take the time to look through them uh, it's super important to have a, a process that, that that you can go through uh, and and not trust your gut it's not a gut decision right uh, for a small business owner who's Who's probably doing it on their own, or you know, you'll you'll find people that oh, you know, I met this person, they were my bartender, or my <laughs> basketball buddy, or whatever.
1: They like and to talk to people. Yeah,
2: yeah. Sometimes that works, and and that's great if it works. But again, if you had a plan and they fit the plan, that's that's fantastic. And so wherever they come from, that's great. But let's assume that you're not hiring your your friend or your relative or something. You're hiring a stranger. Uh, the the process that I would put somebody through is uh, a couple of maybe uh, I'll call them golden rules or cardinal rules is don't make a decision right on the spot you know do not offer them a job in the first interview I think it's tacky from a company perspective I think you look desperate but, it, but <laughs> you also don't give yourself the chance to think about it mm-hmm. you know we are depending on how uh, charismatic, or, or how, how well the connection is, you, you can't wait to have them as part of your team because a salesperson is a reflection of you, and this person is going to make you look great in the marketplace. But you know, when you think about it for 24 hours, you may, you know, you may see some some warts there that, that weren't there the first time. Sure. So having a process, of a, a couple of meetings. Uh, I can't stress enough the importance of making it a team decision. And I know a lot of people don't have a team, but they they really do. They have a they have a, a lawyer, an accountant, a key supplier that they trust, or you know maybe even a client. Perhaps mm-hmm. you know build out some kind of a team. And uh, above all else, listen to what's going on. I, I can't tell you how many uh, horrible interviews I've witnessed where the interviewer is the one doing 90% of the talking. <laughs>
1: yeah. Uh,
2: you know so and and a lot of owners, you know, and I, and I'm this way myself a lot, we like to hear ourselves talk. Mhm. Uh and if and and boy, I really like that person who just shook their head and smiled every time I made a joke, well they didn't actually tell you anything about themselves. Uh you know, so have a process, get other people's opinion, take your time. And, and really, you know, if you have if you have it thought out, you should have a checklist of what you're looking for. And if they meet it, so be it. Uh, I also think people sort of fall in love with the idea of the the Hollywood version of a salesperson, and that, in my experience historically, that has not been actually the top producers. The top producers are uh, sort of maybe they might already be within your organization, True. but they, they're they're great listeners. Uh, many of them are are, are quite introverted um, by nature, but they know how to adapt to the situation. But they're great listeners. They ask great questions. They look for solutions. They're helpers.
1: Yeah. And, and sometimes, like you say, they're right there in your organization performing other tasks. And I I agree with you so much. You cannot stress how important it is to be a good listener. A lot of times a prospect will sell themselves and you just have to kind of lead them there gently. If you're listening to them correctly, you know then what the next question is to get them where you want them to be. But they think they're selling themselves. It's, it's a very interesting uh, process. So we found we find the person. Uh, I want to try to cover some of this in a little bit of time we've got remaining. We find the person. How do you bring them on board and get them started?
2: Uh, very carefully and very patiently, and uh, you'd probably be surprised with a really good plan. Uh, the, the onboarding process, which a lot of people call it, uh, has to take place. Uh, and, and part of the reason I mentioned before people like industry experience is I think they like to have a shortcut.
0: Like, mm-hmm. you know how to do
2: this. Just go do it from me now. You know, here's right. your card and away you go. And that's that's never going to really work out. But, you know, teaching them the business, teaching them the people, teaching them your culture, uh, letting them observe it. Uh, we had that, one of the organizations that I was at for a long time, we had them go with the operations people for a week just to learn the business. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I would ask them, I would meet with them at the end of every day and say, what did you learn that could help you ask a better question. What do why do the people that you help today pay us to do what we do? Right? So learn what the learn what the client's getting out of our business, not not the catalog, so to speak. A lot right. of training is is based on, you know, we have these seven features and these two benefits and it costs this much and fill out this form at the end and that really isn't the hard part. The hard part is Connecting with the marketplace, figuring out what you do, why they buy it from you, and there's no place to learn that better than in the field.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's very, very true. Now, uh, let's fast forward a little bit because, uh, again, I want to um, make sure we at least hit these things in the next couple of minutes. We've got somebody on board. They've worked with operations. They're out there selling. And then you start having doubts. How do you know when it's time to fire a sales rep, despite your best efforts to bring the right person right. on board, what are the warning signs, and then if, if you feel like you can't ignore these warning signs or that uh, remediation efforts don't work, that how do you fire them?
2: Well, hopefully uh, hopefully neither party is surprised mm. if you, If you brought them in with the right expectations and, and you knew and they knew what you expected of them and they weren't delivering in the timeline that you expected and had to some degree negotiated. It's not really a negotiation, but if they took the job and they knew what they were getting into, they they kind of understand. Uh, As a side note, people, owners ramp up time and how much time they allow a salesperson to quote unquote pay for themselves is often significantly too short. Uh, (laughs) They start start sort of checking the balance sheet after the first paycheck and that's never going to work out. But let, let's say that everybody agrees, you know, uh, Chris, I brought you in here to get five deals a month. You're getting three. That's not enough, is it? No. You understand why? Yes, I do. Okay, well, what are we going to do about it? Uh, the, the best case scenario is, frankly, that they get out of your business on their own. You don't have to fire them. They just say, hey, this isn't working. Mm-hmm. And if the comp plan was was fair yet was not successful, they may have to do it, right? They may have to go somewhere else. Uh, a lot of owners are are quite afraid that they're going to go to a competitor, so they keep them on board so they don't go somewhere else. Uh, the the reality of it is they're not going to be any better there. Right, likely,
0: let them your, go. Your secrets <laughs> are
2: going to be, you know, out in the open. Mm-hmm. So I like to talk them out of the profession.
1: Right. Ah. Out, of,
2: out of the industry, out of the profession, as much as possible.
1: Mm-hmm. No, that that's very true. Um, what are what are your thoughts on? Some people say when a salesperson isn't working out, and you've got to let them go, or if they come to you and for whatever reason say they're leaving, you just cut it right there within that hour. They're um, at, you know asked to leave, uh, clear your desk, and go. Uh, even if they offer to stay on for two more weeks or whatever time period, what's your philosophy on that?
2: Yeah, I'm I'm not sure where two weeks ever came from. <laughs> uh, maybe as a lawyer, maybe I should know that. But you know that that is way too long in my in my personal view. But you also don't want to leave a whole bunch of uh, you know empty or uh, you know hanging threads, so to speak. You know you you want to take long enough to know all the deals they're working on. You might even want to pay them if they if if it gets closed in the next month or whatever. Uh, to, to get them to help you and not bad talk you if they had a good relationship with somebody. But two weeks is pretty long. Um, having a transition plan is important because you did you did invest in those leads or those those proposals, and you want to be able to close them as, as well as you can. But I don't I think it's probably somewhere between you know immediate with big with a big dramatic flare and two weeks. You know maybe a couple of days mm-hmm. um, work on the story. Uh, salespeople are. Typically, typically the people that are hired as salespeople are very likable people, right? right. So there's a there's a, a void when they're gone, and it's and it's traumatic for the group. So you have to be pretty careful with it.
0: Mm-hmm. But you
2: can't let them hold you hostage either. I mean, you have to do what's right. If you brought them in for good reasons, you had a fair system for monitoring it, and a fair return was expected for both parties. Uh, and it didn't work out, then it should be a fairly Irrational
1: you know, separation. Yeah. You know, there's so many things that we didn't get to today. I mean, the next logical progression is. you're starting to build a sales team. Maybe you're going to bring on a couple of more people. And then the question is, do I need a sales manager? Uh, We're not going to get to that today. And another thing that I'd like to bring you back on the show and and really spend a good part of the show talking about is just the day-to-day management of a salesperson, because I know that's something that a lot of business owners really aren't sure about. You know, do I sit and pick apart the numbers with them every single day? Do I meet with them once a week? Do I, you know, how does that all look? And what kind of things should I be monitoring? What what should I be looking at in terms of activity? And we really didn't get to drill down on that today. So if you would, we could come back and spend a whole show just talking about that.
2: <laughs> I uh, I love talking about it. I'm happy to help anyway.
1: Absolutely. And then you have a website with resources and information that uh, people who were listening today, if they want to learn more, can go to and uh, help themselves to. Where would they go for that?
2: So the the website address is owner sales manager and it's a it's a kind of a unique twist on on stuff that you can put out on the web. Uh, we recorded uh, all, uh, it's over two and a half hours of almost the same t- the same style and it's uh, designed as a course like a video course but mm-hmm. it's free. And the reason I did that is I didn't want to sit around for the next year and write blog posts and have people <laughs> have to go find little bits and pieces of it. So it's uh, it's question and answer form. There's 17 sections. It, it literally is two and a half hours long, and every section starts with something just like you just said. You know, how do I know when it's time to fire somebody? And I and I'll uh, share uh, anecdotes and thoughts. And there's downloads and uh, little spreadsheets and stuff for people to use. Again, it's ownersalesmanager.com. It's it's everything I know at I'll say about a five thousand foot level. So okay. There's, cert- there's certainly uh, in-depth analysis that could be required, and I'm happy to help people uh, individually after that, but uh, I just kind of put it out there. It was, it was a lot of fun, just not riffing because there certainly was a was an outline to it, but uh, a lot of personal stories that people can relate to um, from my relationships with mm-hmm. hundreds and hundreds of small business owners. So yeah. it's, it's written or spoken, I guess, to the individual who owns a small business. That's the
1: audience of the, of the course. Ownersalesmanager.com. Lots of good stuff out there. Make sure that you go good two and a half hours well spent, and then Chris can help you afterwards if you'd like more information or more coaching. Uh, thank you so much for being our guest today. Lots and lots of good information. My
0: pleasure.
1: And if you'd like to learn more about how to grow your business, please visit our website at ithinkbigger.com. Follow us on Twitter at I Think Bigger, or on Facebook, Thinking Bigger Business Media. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next week.